Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare to reflect on this story on this scene of our Lord with his disciples and what he gives to them and what they choose to accept or reject. May we accept your love for us and may our acceptance lead us to 
share it with others as you have so commanded. To us, we pray. Amen. So as we reflect together on the biblical narrative that frames our worship on this Maundy Thursday, I want to begin with the proposition that there is a big difference between knowledge and understanding. I can know that E equals MC squared or repeat the textbook definition of the theory of general relativity, but still not have the foggiest bit of understanding as to what these laws of nature really mean for my reality as a human being. I can know all of the notes of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata, but be very far from understanding how to make music out of them. And I can know a lot of people, but not understand a single one of them enough to be their friend or spouse or lover. To amplify this difference further, let's go back to the beginning, to Genesis, where there must have been some misunderstanding, there must have been some kind of mistake. For God had created in Genesis the heavens and the earth in the wisdom of divine order, decreeing and understanding all things to be very good, including humankind. God planted a luxuriant garden and instructed the first man and the first woman to taste all of its fruits except for those on the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If they ate of that fruit, God warned them, they would on that very day die. But as we remember, the serpent coaxed them into eating The serpent convinced them with very persuasive logic, saying, No, if you eat that fruit, you will not drop dead. You will be like God, and your eyes will be opened. You will have knowledge, the knowledge of good and evil. And so they ate. And for the most part, the serpent was accurate, but he was not truthful. Adam and Eve's eyes were opened. They did gain knowledge. But the knowledge that they acquired was of their nakedness, of their shame, of their need to hide from God in fear and not delight in God in faith. God, on the other hand, was the one speaking truth. Because something did die for Adam and Eve that day as they ate that fruit. Gaining knowledge led to the death of their understanding. Their understanding of who they were truly as creatures made in the image of a God who breathed into them the life and planted for them that magnificent garden from which they were ultimately cast out. What a misunderstanding. What a mistake. Now I want to be clear that though I may seem to be demonizing knowledge, that's not my intent. Both knowledge and understanding are important. 
You can't understand Einstein's theories unless you know them. You can't play Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata without knowing the notes. You can't understand your spouse or friend without knowing him or her. But there is a difference between knowledge and understanding. It's a difference between getting the facts straight and the relationship right. And if we listen to Jesus in our text tonight, it's the living out of that relationship, that relationship of understanding, that is more important. John tells us that Jesus, full of knowledge that his time had come to depart from the world and go to God, and full of the knowledge that God had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from a table and took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel. Note how Christ's knowledge of God led Christ to embody his understanding of his relationship with God and with the disciples. For Jesus, knowledge and understanding were linked, but not so for Peter. Peter protested in that moment, saying, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Peter can't see with clear eyes that Jesus is called to be servant to those to whom he is Lord. Peter can't see that this foot-washing moment is not merely about cleansing in either a soaps and bubbles kind of way or purity in a ritual ceremony kind of way. In getting the facts wrong, Peter gets the relationship wrong as well. So Jesus tells him, Peter, you do not know what I am doing, but later you will understand. Jesus doesn't say, Peter, it's hopeless. Jesus does not say, if you don't know me by now, you will never, ever, ever know me. Instead, Jesus links this foot-washing moment to the hope of the understanding that will come. Indeed, the right relationship that Peter will experience, though he cannot understand now. But Peter, being Peter, being human, being like us, continues to protest. And Jesus, again, speaks words of knowledge that he intends to undergird Peter's understanding. Unless I wash you, Peter, you have no share with me. Just as God wanted to share the garden he gave to Adam and Eve, Jesus wants Peter and the disciples to share in what he is giving them as he washed their feet. What was he sharing? His very self, his very body, his very life. In fact, the same verb that John uses to describe Jesus removing his clothes is the word he uses to describe Jesus laying down his life. It is the sharing, that giving, that Jesus intends for Peter and for us. And it is that sharing that leads Peter and leads us to understanding, to that right relationship that leads to a more life-giving form of knowledge. 
Later in the story, Peter demands that Jesus tell him, where are you going and why can I, go, why can I not go with you now? Jesus says, where I'm going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow afterward. Peter pleads with him and says, I will lay my life down for you, but Jesus predicts correctly that Peter will deny him three times before the cock crows. Here we see another vivid example of Peter demanding knowledge and therefore missing understanding. But just as Jesus promised to Peter, that understanding did come through the very gift of Jesus sharing his life. At the end of the Gospel, three times the risen Lord Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? And each time Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And being asked to answer that question three times hurts Peter's feelings, which is further evidence that he can't see quite straight even then. He can't see that Jesus has given Peter the chance to reverse the three denials that preceded his crucifixion now that he has stated his trifold love for the risen Lord. Friends, we know the story of Christ's death and resurrection. We have rehearsed it so many times. But do we understand it? Do we have the facts pretty much down, the notes memorized, and yet lack the ability to share in the music? Do we know Christ, but not yet relate to him as friend or even as lover? If it is said what we don't know won't kill us, might we be concerned that, like Adam and Eve, what we don't understand might be like death to us? To your great relief, I'm sure we are not washing feet tonight, but we can still share in what Christ gave his disciples. We can still experience, like Peter, the discomfort of receiving that which we don't fully see clearly, that which challenges our perceptions of reality. Our communion liturgy tonight is a little bit different. You'll hear the traditional words of institution at the very beginning. This is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. But when we get to actually breaking the bread and pouring the cup, you will hear instead these two questions. The bread that we break, is it not a sharing of the body of Christ? The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing of the blood of Christ? It is a sharing. And borrowing the words of Galo Day, to have a share with Jesus is to have fellowship with him, to participate fully in his life. It draws the disciple, it draws us into the love that marks God's and Jesus' relationship to each other and to the world. Peter and us with him have been charged to receive Christ's gift, the gift of his life unveiled, so that we may have our share with him and with his glory. God, whose giving knows no ending, has given us Christ, 
in whose, no, in whose knowing we will have our understanding. Amen.